Well, since you're standing, grab your Bibles. Are you ready for the Word? I said, are you ready for the Word? I figure since you drove in the rain, came in through the rain, and are sitting here today, you must be ready for God to say something great to you. I'm so honored to stand in this pulpit once again. Uh, I, I'm going to warn you, I feel dangerous and prophetic today. I feel like I have something from the Lord. I think we'd be shocked all across America how many times people stand up in pulpits and they've heard from Google. We need preachers that have heard from the Lord. The times are too crazy for you to get a, come on, just to put together a sermon. You, you need a word from God in the days in which we live. And I believe God has given me something for you. If you have your Bibles, the book of 1 Samuel is my assignment today. 1 Samuel. I always preach better when my wife is on the front row amening me. Um, I wish I preached shorter. I used to say that, but that's just not true. So I apologize in advance. Um, let me just say this. Calvary, I, I love you. I debated on what I'd say or if I'd say anything, and there'll be a time for all that. But the only words that come to my mind when I look across this congregation is, I just love you. And I thank God for you. And I thank God that our paths crossed for this near decade. And the beauty of it all is it's not even over. You're going to see a lot of Pastor Josh and Natasha in the future. Amen? Amen. All right. I feel like preaching. First Samuel chapter 10, seven verses. And if you are ready, shout yes. yes. This is what it says. Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his, Saul's head, and kissed him and said, is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? When you have departed from me today, you will find two men by Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin at Zazah. And they will say to you, the donkeys which you went to look for have been found. And now your father has ceased caring about the donkeys and is worrying about you saying, what shall I do about my son? Then you shall go forward from there. Just look at somebody say, go forward. Yeah, you'll go forward from there to the tree of Tabor. There, three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you. One carrying three young goats, another three loaves of bread, and another carrying a skin of wine. And they will greet you and give you two loaves of bread, which you shall receive from their hands. After that, you shall come to the hill of God where the Philistine garrison is. And it will happen. I like that. That when you have come there to the city that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with stringed instrument, a tambourine, a flute, and a harp before them, and they will be prophesying. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. And let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. I read seven verses. I just need verse six. Verse six for me. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned 
into another man. I'm going to help you. I'm going to let you help me announce the title of my sermon. I want you to find your favorite person on your row or close to you. Look at them and say, God said to tell you that it's your turn. Look at somebody else. I feel the anointing creeping in here. And just prophesy and say, neighbor, God told me to tell you that in 2024, it's your turn. Woo! I can feel it already hitting in this room. Slip up your hands, let's pray and I'll preach. Father, I thank you for what I sense and what I feel. I feel an unction to preach this word. Have your way in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. You can be seated. Look at somebody else and say, it's your turn. It's, it's your turn. It's, it's your turn. I wanted to, at the onset of my sermon today, to begin with a reminder that we are indeed in a brand new year. That it is not 2020, it is not 2021, it is not 2022 or 2023, it is indeed now 2024. It is a new year and though we are in February, you would be shocked at how many people have already forgotten that they have stepped into something new. The newness of a season, the newness of a year brings opportunity and optimism and hope which most people will come into a, pl a place of new and they'll step in. And in the moment they step in, they are filled with joy and peace because they are enthralled by the idea of what God might do in a new year. However, what most of you won't uh, discuss or talk about is the conflict that comes on the other side of the door. That most people are filled with joy and they're filled with hope and they will run and shout and dance. But the moment they come through the door of new, they are immediately met with the conflict. What is the conflict, Pastor Josh? It is the conflict of doing God's will in a new season. We don't talk to you that much about the feelings you get when you are stuck between two seasons and you enter into a new thing and you are met with the thing of, God, will I do what I want to do or will I do what you want to do? There is a conflict called God's will. And some of the greatest fights you ever fight in your faith is not against the devil. Oh, come on, somebody. He's already defeated. He's already a defeated foe. The greatest fight you fight sometimes is not against the enemy or demons or foes like that. But you will find yourself in great conflict over things like, do I do what God wants me to do? And by the way, what is it that God wants me to do? Because the truth in this room is you were made for worship, but you were built for service. I said you were made for worship. Every part of your body was designed to be a worshiper. You do know that when you get to heaven, that will be the job you take. Worshiper at his feet, worshiper in his presence, worshiper. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to wait to heaven to do my job. I'd rather while I know who I am, I'd rather while I've got cognizant ability, give him praise while I'm here on the earth. I said, you were made for worship. Worshiper. Are there any worshipers in the room uh, who are unafraid uh, or unashamed, uh, who don't care what people think about them? I dare the worshipers in the room uh, to open up your mouth for just a few moments. Uh, let everybody in your zip code know I am a worshiper. 
I lift my hands, I jump a little bit. I shout a little bit. I dance a little bit. I might even run a little bit. I might get a little loud. You might think I'm a little crazy, but the thing is, ain't none of this for you anyway. I am a worshiper. Somebody who's a worshiper, open up your mouth and give God about 10 seconds of crazy, oh, radical worship to let him know if you're looking for a worshiper, you found one. It's right here. You are a worshiper. Desire. It's why the enemy hates you so much, because you stole his job. That's why when you start feeling the whispers of the enemy, you ought to just pop on some music. Whether you're in your car or your living room or at your dining room table, and just say, devil, if you're going to whisper, I'm going to sing. If you're going to get loud in my ear, I'm going to get loud in your ear. Great is the Lord. He's awesome. He's mighty. He's powerful. He ain't never lost a battle. Ain't never. Well, the worshipers have to rise in seasons of trouble because you were made for worship. Watch this. But you were built for service. God built you to do something great in the earth. And no matter where you've been, I feel the anointing. And what you've done and your past, every time your past tries to come back and haunt you, you have to understand that God wastes nothing. That everything you've done, good or bad, God has the ability to take it all and work it for your good because you are built for service. The devil is scared to death of the day you find out the reason you were really made and really born. Because when you find out you're built for service, then the anointing can come. People say all the time, I want to be anointed. But God doesn't anoint you until you know why you are who you are. The discovery of purpose is the gateway for the oil to flow in your life. And so you were made for worship, but you were built for service because God has a will for your life. I know what some of you are saying. Pastor Josh, all that sounds good, but, but how do I discover God's will? Now, I don't have six hours. Come on, somebody. And you want to eat, so I get it. But I will give you two ways you can discover God's will in your life. Two, two. Number one, you discover God's will through God's word. Don't be shocked if you don't know just because you don't read. The, the will of God is hidden in the word of God. God is not trying to hide from you his plan for your life. He is not trying to hide from you the blessings and the things that he has prepared. But if you refuse to read the book, don't be shocked when you live confused. Because the will of God is in the word of God. Secondly, if you are trying to discover the will of God, if God can't use a sermon, he'll use a circumstance. I didn't get as many amens on that one. Because if you won't read the word, God will use stuff. He will love you enough not to author the trouble, but allow the trouble long enough for you to see that the door is in a wall. 
God will use anything he has to to get your attention without killing you because God loves you enough to not let you not get to where he has destined your life to go. Y'all ain't saying nothing, but I'm going to preach it anyway. Because the truth is, God will let some things hit your body, hit your mind, hit your family for you to finally see that the answer wasn't in that. The answer wasn't in them. The answer wasn't in the stuff. But he was the source of your strength. God's greatest professor in your life is trouble. I said, God's greatest professor in your life is trouble. Because some of you would have never found out some things about yourself. Where are the real people at? And you would have never found some things out about God had God not let a little bit of trouble, a little bit of circumstance, a little bit of pain, y'all too quiet, a little bit of suffering hit your life. But what is it about the suffering and the pain and the trauma and even the torment that what the enemy thought he had you, God said, I used it all to let you see the door to another season, the door to a greater life. And let me tell you what real praise looks like. Real praise doesn't look like just when everything is good and you say, bless the Lord. It's when you come in and say, God, thank you for my trouble. Thank you for my pain. Thank you for my trouble. Those light afflictions, they're working an exceeding weight of glory in my life. Thank you for the pain. Thank you for the pain. But the truth is, there's only one thing that if you are going to unlock God's will, hear me, you must be willing to change. I can tell you about God's will I can tell you about God's plan and how God works, but if you are unwilling to change, you will never have what God has prepared. Because some of us expect God to change it, but when God gets ready to change it, he doesn't change it, he starts by changing you. You cry, you shout, you run, you sow, you fast and say, God, change it, change it, change it. But the first place God looks to make a difference is to change you. And in every place, come on, that you don't let God change you, God can't change it. Y'all are way too quiet. Because if you ask God to do something great, the first place God is going to look to solve the problem is by letting the problem seer experience change. Pastor Josh, where are you going with all this? This is the context of my text. God has a will for the children of Israel, a plan and a purpose. Yet things start going a different direction. Samuel is the prophet, and he does a good job. He's a man of God. In fact, the Bible's very clear. Ain't nothing fell to the ground while he was a prophet. He got every word of the Lord, dispersed it, and Israel was in a good condition. The thing about it is it was in him. It wasn't in his sons. I'm trying not to preach here, but that's why you got to be careful that you don't become so spiritual and your children aren't. Change the world, but first change your house. Evangelize the multitudes, but make sure you evangelize your children. 
Oh, it ain't all the church's responsibility to make sure your kids get saved and stay saved. It ain't the entire kids' ministry and youth ministry's thing for you to come on. You've got to get involved in the spiritual process. And that's not a babysitting service over there. That is a place where children come to get what you've already deposited, strengthen and awaken so that when they walk out of there, they are better because of it. Samuel's sons weren't like Samuel. They were perverted and perverse. And the system that was supposed to work, that they were supposed to continue righteousness and continue prophecy, and it was supposed to continue to move. But Samuel's sons went a different direction. And somebody looked at where things were going and said, that is not what God said we should have. We demand change. I'm about to help you because any area of your life where something happens to you that is contrary to what God said about it, you have the right as a believer to demand change. See, see, if you're going to be weak and passive, this ain't your word. But there are sometimes you get hit with so much for so long that you can't take another day and you can't take another moment and you can't take another weekend and you can't take another month of the same. And you have to look and say, God, you never said it was going to be like that. You promised me health. You promised me healing. You promised me my children would. I demand change. See, there's got to be somebody in this room that starts looking to God and say, God, that don't line up. The report from the doctor and what you told me, that doesn't line up. I demand change. I'm looking at my 16-year-old, my 24-year-old, and I'm looking at them, and they ain't living according to the promise of God over their life. So, God, I will not accept it. I will not tolerate it another day. I demand I'm looking at my job. I'm looking at my life. I'm looking at what you told me I'd be. And something is off. And something is wrong. But God, today, I've made up my mind. Not another moment. Not another hour. Not another hour. Demand. Oh, can I be real deep? I know that things have gone crazy in the United States of America. But let me tell you what God is waiting on. A people who said that, it's not what you promised us. You said revival. You said glory. You said power. You said anointing. You said school saved. You said we're glory. God, I demand I wish I had about a hundred people in this room that would open up their mouth for just a moment and whatever area of your life uh, that doesn't line up with God's will, I tell you, tell God, God, I demand change. I feel some breaking in this room. Somebody has to get the mindset that enough is enough. I demand I demand change. I said, I demand change. I demand change. Somebody in Israel saw that the system was heading the wrong direction. And they said, God, we demand change. And God heard the cries of some people. And he responded with, for, to a cry for change. How did he do it, Pastor Josh? Look at the text. I thought 
you know, Pentecostal. Come on, somebody. I thought there's going to be some fire somewhere. I thought there's going to be some water. Move, Holy Ghost. But if you listen closely, when God answers the cry for change, it's not in fire and it's not in water. But if you lean your ear to the text, you will see God reply to the call for change by the cracking of a flask of oil and the glugging of fresh oil being released. Because when God gets ready to introduce change, he introduces change by releasing fresh oil. Oh, you're, don't miss this. I said when God gets ready to do change, he's going to do it by releasing somewhere over somebody, over something. He's going to release fresh oil. And I know you get on to Saul because he's the people's choice. But now that you know the demand for change, Saul is not a problem. He's an answer. Because he, ha he is the one that God is able to pour the oil on. Because anytime the Spirit of God introduces change, he releases fresh oil. You need Bible? Let me show you. The Bible says that the earth in Genesis is without form and void, and darkness is on the face of the deep. Nothing is changed. The earth isn't what it's supposed to be. And then all of a sudden the Bible says that the same Spirit, what is hovering over the darkness and the void. The Bible says the Spirit of God gets involved. And by the time the Spirit of the Lord gets involved and gets done doing what the Spirit of God does, what is dark, low, lonely, and void is now full of life, vibrant, because the Spirit and the oil make change. Can I go deeper? There's a little virgin girl named Mary who is called to have a baby. The problem is she's never known a man. Can't have the baby. Not there. Not in the process. But all of a sudden the Bible says that the Spirit overshadowed her. And when the Spirit got involved, all of a sudden what did not change and could not change changed. And she gave birth to something she couldn't give birth to. Because when the Spirit of God shows up, something is about to Can I go deeper? The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, they were all together with one mind and one accord. They are called to be the church, but they can't be the church in their own strength and in their own might. But the Bible says, I feel like preaching, that when they were all together in the upper room, that all of a sudden there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind and the spirit of the Lord came in and filled the room and sat on each one of them all of a sudden without the spirit they're not the church but when the spirit of God shows up change happened and metamorphosis Peter kicks open the door and all of a sudden 3,000 people get saved because when the spirit comes there will be change the Holy Ghost doesn't just show up for your enjoyment. Now I know that hits in a Pentecostal church. He doesn't just show up so you can fall on the ground and roll around and get goosebumps. Y'all too quiet, but I'm gonna preach it anyway. 
The Spirit of God doesn't show up so that you can just feel better for an hour and a half or two hours. He doesn't just come so you can say, ooh, I like that song. Ooh, I like that preacher. No, no, no. When he comes in this room, it'll change the way you worship. It'll change the way you respond to the Word. Because if you ever sense the Holy Ghost in your neighborhood, if you ever feel him come on your life, it is the guarantee that something in your life is about to change. So if you felt anything while we were praising, you felt anything while we were worshiping, that was the Holy Ghost saying, are you ready for change? Are you ready for change? Something is about to It's about to change. And so he cracks the oil and he begins to pour it on Saul to initiate change. Y'all still with me? To initiate change he pours the oil but watch this you can see the oil and by the way this one no drive-by anointing we we, we give y'all drive-by anointings you know we get a little bit on our thumb and boop, boop, and you're out the door amen but but when they got anointed back in the day they weren't anointed with a little bye-bye I'm gonna put it in your our measurements. Gallons of oil were released over the head of the person being anointed, and there was nothing, oh hallelujah, on their person or on their body that wasn't oily somewhere. See, see, I am wondering if there's some people in the room who are ready to get oily everywhere who are ready to be anointed everywhere. Come on, y'all. Not just anointed in your little gift or your little, come on, I want to be anointed everywhere. I want to be able for God to use me at any, any location, in any occasion. I need the oil. Pours the oil over Saul. And that's what you see happening in the visible. But the anointing is more than the pouring of the oil. If you don't understand the word, to be anointed means to smear. In other words, for every visible act, there is an invisible work. I'm going to teach you. For every visible act of God, there is an invisible work of God that solidifies it and validates it. In other words, all of a sudden, the oil is on him. Watch this. But what you can't see is the hand of God begins to smear it. Now, why do you smear the oil? To leave fingerprints. This is a crime scene, y'all. God is trying to fingerprint. Oh, come on, y'all. He's trying to fingerprint his man. See, if you're really anointed, you won't care that God's fingerprints are all over everything that you do. In fact, you will crave the idea that God's fingerprints are on your marriage. God's fingerprints is on your family. God's fingerprints is on your ministry. I don't know about you, but in 2024, I don't want to do anything that doesn't have God's fingerprints on it so the oil is poured change has been instituted God is putting his fingerprints on Saul and then all of a sudden something happens that most preachers don't preach the Bible says that the prophet leans in and he goes kisses him the Pentecostals in us we like the oil, but few of us want the kiss. Because the oil is from heaven. The kiss is from earth. And Jesus said 
Thy kingdom come. Thy will, oh, there it is, be done in earth as it is in heaven. You need the kiss as much as you need the oil if you're going to do something great for heaven. That's for every lone ranger for Jesus in the room who says just because I'm anointed, I get to do whatever I want, whenever I want, or however I want. You are not valid. You are illegitimate in the kingdom. And you might have some fruit, but it will not be fruit that remains. Because if you want to go forward, you need the kiss to go with what heaven has poured out over your life. Are you hearing me? Why the kiss then? Because the kiss seals the covenant. I've done a lot of weddings over the years. You ever watch the groom? Watch him when the wedding starts. <laughs> Nervous, sweating, have to make sure they don't faint. Watch that same groom about three quarters of the way through, and especially when the preacher says, by the power vested in me. That same turns in a... Why? Because we save the kiss. Oh, come on, y'all. We save the kiss for last because the kiss seals the covenant. And if you ever do great things for God, you ain't going to run from the kiss. You're going to seek after the kiss because you know you can't even really get started unless something kisses what heaven has called. Are you hearing me? And in that moment, Saul has been consecrated to be king. Point number one, he's consecrated. Which takes me to point number two, and I'm almost done. After the consecration comes the confirmation in this text. Because aren't you thankful that God knows that we need confirmation? That, that was about for 30 of y'all. But, but, but I don't know about you, I need confirmation. After the decision I just made for my life and ministry, my family, I need, come on, y'all, talk to me. I need confirmation. Aren't you glad God's, God knows you're limited in your thinking, limited in your mind? He knows that you don't always know whether it's blue or red, right or left, forwards or backwards, but he will give you confirmation to know you are going the right direction. And every once in a while, my praise isn't for anything else other than the fact that somewhere in my life this week, God, you confirmed something that allowed me not to miss what you said. Confirmation. But here's where most people miss it. Most people need confirmation to go forward. But you will never get confirmation to go forward. You're going to have to make up your mind to go forward. And then God will send the confirmation. Because this walk you have is not a walk of knowledge. It's a walk of faith. And there's going to be some times God speaks some stuff to you. I wish I had some real people on a Sunday morning. God's going to speak some stuff to you. And it ain't going to make no sense. But you're going to know you heard God. And you're going to have to be willing to get outside of the boat. Get on the water. Knowing that if he called me, he will confirm his call in my life. 
Some of you are one, come on, step of faith away from seeing confirmation revealed. God is not waiting on another thing to line up. He is not waiting on another thing to come your direction, but he is waiting for you to step out on faith so he can confirm the journey. He said, you're going to depart from me after you've been consecrated, and I'll give you some confirmations along the way. Whew. Where am I going to go now? He said, the first confirmation, you're going to have to go to Rachel's tomb. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. Whenever I uh, saw this and I saw the magnitude of the consecration, the oil, I thought, why are you sending this man who's a king back to something that's dead? I mean, if you're like me, send me to the nations. Come on, somebody. Bless me. I got some oil. I'm ready. But he sends him back to the dead place. Because God has a way of bringing you back to the places that should have killed you. That should have taken you out. And he likes for you to stand as a new man or a new woman in a new season over something that should have killed you and say, you had your chance and you missed it because guess what, y'all? Come on, somebody. I'm still here. I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. The depression didn't take me out. The anxiety didn't kill me. What happened in my family didn't ruin me. I'm still here. Every once in a while, God likes to bring your victory back to death to show you that your victory took the sting out of death because Jesus already did it. Go back to Rachel's tomb. And I started to think, why? Rachel's tomb. Of all the places to be that specific, why Rachel's tomb? Until you realize there are two sisters, Rachel and Leah, and they have 12 sons together, and they are the, children, they are the, the tribes of Israel. We know that. We know that Rachel has some, uh, Leah has some sons, and we know Rachel has some sons. Rachel's final son was a son by the name of Benjamin. And Benjamin, Benjamin, she died giving birth to him. She called him son of her suffering. So while she's birthing Benjamin, she dies. They bury her. And now she's telling Saul to go back to this place. Why? Because Saul is a Benjamite. What, she, what he is telling Saul to do is go back to Rachel and tell her you suffered and you thought nothing would come from it. Oh, come on, y'all. You thought it produced nothing. You didn't even get to see what it produced. But Rachel, you died, but we got a king out of this thing. See, some of you need to look at your trauma and your pain and your suffering and say it didn't kill me in fact because of it I'm a king I'm a king I'm a king God made some things out of me it didn't kill me but it made me a king some of you don't even understand that you got to drop by Rachel's tomb every once in a while just to tell Rachel guess what this thing didn't take me out there's a king that has emerged from it some of you need to understand these light afflictions in your life are not killing you but they are working and exceeding weight of glory in your life. If you hang on long enough, God will get a king out of your pain. Go by Rachel's tomb and tell her, we got a king out of this. We got a king out of this. And then after that, 
you are free to go. By the way, that's a word to somebody. Don't hang around too long next to dead things. Because even though they're dead, they will still call to you. If you hang around them too long, the prophet said, make sure you tell her what happened, but you go forward from there. To confirmation number two, I'm hurrying, I'm going to be done. Confirmation number two is this. He said, the next thing you're going to do is you're going to find two men, two men. He said, and they're going to be going up. Mm -hmm. Three men, excuse me. They're going to be going up. Because the word of the Lord over your life in this season is God is about to connect you with some people who are going up. I don't know who that's for, but I just heard the Lord whisper that some of you have been on a connection with some people and all they've done is brought you down and all they've done is keep you the same and all they've done is make you the victim and they've not let you progress forward but God is about to connect you with some people there's about to be some relationships and when you connect with them you're not going to be in a holding pattern another day, you're not going to be up and down there is only one direction for your life when you connect with this people you are just about, oh hallelujah you are just about to go up I don't know if I'm talking to you but if you're ready to go to another level, if you're ready to rise into your calling, if you're ready to move into your destiny, I dare somebody, open up your mouth and give God some praise because you're just about to go up. You're just about to get to the next level. They're going up, and I'm going to let you connect with them. And here's the thing. They've got some stuff in their hands. They've got some goats. They've got some wine. And they've got some bread. Here's the thing. They're going to offer it all. But when they offer you the goats and the wine, don't take it. Why? Because that is reserved for God. That, is a, that was not a priestly sacrifice. It was a sacrifice unto the Lord. Don't take the goats. Don't take the wine. And here's a word of warning. Be careful around people who try to get you to spend your stuff. That is reserved for God on everything else. Watch out for people in your life who try to get you to spend all your time, your gifting, and your anointing, even your money, on things that aren't godly. Because here's the thing, if it's reserved for God, it belongs to God. If it's reserved for God, it belongs to God. And your life is gonna be a lot better this year if you make up your mind that no matter what happens to me, my gift, my time, my talent, and my treasure all belongs to the Lord. It's sacred to God. And I'm not gonna spend it anywhere else. He said, but what you can receive, Pastor Christian, he said, you can take the bread. You can take the bread. Now, when I looked at that, I thought, why is he going to take the bread? Because the bread was for priests. The, lamb, the, the goats and the wine are for God. The bread is for priests. And the, and the prophet said, when they hand it to you, take it. Receive it. Pull it into your life. Here's my problem. Saul wasn't anointed to be a priest. He was anointed to be a king. So that means that they must have saw something in him that he didn't see in himself. He must have saw some oil on his life that said you are more than what you currently see. Come on, somebody. 
See, this is what's about to happen. God is going to connect you with some people that are going up, but let me tell you what else they're going to do. They're going to help you see some stuff in you that you didn't see in yourself. He's going to connect you with some people who said, I know you're anointed to be king, but there's a priest in there. There's a man of God in there. There's some stuff in you. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to connect with some people who help me see some things about me that I don't know about me. Am I preaching to anybody? Take the bread. It's proof that I know you see in yourself what they see in you. And some of us have a problem receiving anything from anybody because we've lived our faith skeptical. We are so afraid of people that if God sends somebody, we miss who God sent because we compare what God is sending to pass pain in the world. You will not be blessed to the utmost in your life if you don't start trying to love and receive from people who say they love you too. And he says, when they hand it to you, receive it. I want you to look at him. He has gone from this to this, and you can play soft. And finally, he says, you're going to have a moment of consecration. He said, you're going to step over into the next season of confirmation. He said, but all that is to bring you into the third dimension. I'm going to give you a moment of connection. He said, because the last thing that's going to happen, he said, is you went here and you're going here, but the next group ain't going up. He said, when you get to the final spot, it's not going to be about going forward or going up. It's going to be all about what's coming down. He said, you are going to look as a group of prophets come down from the high place. Say, And they're coming your direction. Can I prophesy? There are some things that are coming down that are coming in your direction. I'm just telling you what the Lord told me to tell you. But some of you have been praying and you've been fasting and you've been waiting and you've been wondering and you've been saying, God, when? And God, how? And God, I don't know. I came to tell you emphatically by the Spirit of God, there is some stuff on the way down to your life as we speak. It's coming down. He said, it's going to be coming down. He said, I want you to understand something. He said, they're going to have a flute, a harp, some instruments. And the Lord whispered to me and said, what the, what's coming down is going to be instrumental in your life. It's not going to be the stuff you don't need. Oh, somebody. It's going to be the stuff you actually need in this next season. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but there's somebody who had to get this word because you know God is about to do something. And you can sense by the Spirit something is about to shift and something is about to change. And God brought me in this room to tell you there are some things that are coming down. And it's not just arbitrary things. These things are instrumental. Instrumental in your development and your destiny. God is about to send exactly what you need to get the job done. He said they're coming down with instruments. Secondly, they're going to be prophesying. Heaven 
is saying some things over your life today. He said, and here's what's going to happen. Saul, when you see what's coming down, don't step off to the side. Don't let it pass you by. Come on, talk to me. When you see it coming down, get in the way of it. You know what the Lord told me to tell you? That when he starts sending this down, don't run from it. Don't sidestep it. Don't think that you're not worthy enough to receive it. Don't think it's for somebody else. Come on, y'all. But when you see it coming down, when you see the glory coming down, the anointing coming down, the gifts coming down. See, what you don't even understand is, well, I've been preaching. Stuff has been coming down. It's been, it's been coming down. Healing has been coming down. Gifts have been coming down. Anointing has been it's coming. It's coming. It's coming down. It's coming down. It's been coming down the whole time I've been preaching. He says, when you see it come down, get in the way of it. Saul, you have one responsibility in this. You don't have to make it happen. You have to get in the way of it. In other words, Saul, if you want what God is sending, step in and brace yourself to receive. And when Saul stepped in, last point, all of a sudden, the Bible says, then the Holy Spirit will come upon you. I don't know about you, but I ache for the moments where the Holy Spirit comes upon me. I'm so thankful for yesterday's move of God. I'm so thankful for former outpourings. I'm so thankful for the Brownsville revival and the 10 revivals of old. I'm thankful for Azusa Street. But you know what? I am aching internally, whether it's just me and nobody else. I am aching for the moment to be overwhelmed, to consume by the Spirit of God again in my life. He said, when you step in, you won't have to worry, but the Holy Ghost will come upon you. He said, and watch this, you'll know he's on you because you're going to start talking different. Verse 6 says, and then you will prophesy with them. You're going to have to learn how to say what heaven is already saying over your life. You're going to have to learn how to agree with God concerning your future. Whatever heaven is saying is what I'm going to have to learn to say over my life. Uh, he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Watch this. You will prophesy with them, and then something miraculous will happen. And you will be turned into another man. You know what this church is about to turn into? A phone booth. And you're going to be just like Clark Kent. God's going to set up some, some moments and some encounters for you that if you'll learn how to step in, you're going to come in like Clark Kent and you're going to leave like Superman. I said all that to say this. God told me to tell you that if you will let him consecrate you, confirm you, and connect you, God is about to turn you into a person that people will recognize but not know. It's going to be you 
but it's going to be another you. Can I tell you what's about to happen in this season of your life? It's about to become your turn. Some of you in this room have watched everybody else get a blessing. I want you to hear me. I feel this thing turning in a different direction. You've watched everybody else get their breakthrough, their blessing, their moment. And you have stood in the background and you've clapped and you've applauded. But somewhere in your life you have said, when's it going to be my turn? And I hear the Lord saying, on this rainy Sunday in February, that he has already made up his mind, it's your turn. It's your turn for a breakthrough. It's your turn for healing. It's your turn for clarity. I feel the Holy Ghost. It's your turn to know and not be confused. It's your turn to be blessed. It's your turn. It's your turn. I don't know who I'm talking to, but stand up on your feet all across this room. I sense the anointing of God. It's your turn. It's your turn. It's your turn. It's your turn. I said, it's your turn. It's your turn. It's your turn. You know what? Thank you, Holy Ghost. I had to preach it today. I had to preach it. Because you know what I said when I stepped outside of my garage before I left my house? I, I said this to Jocelyn. I said, man, it's really coming down out there. And now I know that wasn't just a statement. The Holy Spirit was already speaking. It's really coming down out there. I said, it's really coming down out there. It's really coming down out there. I don't know what you need God to do in your life, but I would slip up my hands right now and I would just receive everything that God is bringing down into your life in this season. It's coming down. It's coming down. It's coming down. Why? Because it's your turn. It's your turn. Why is it coming down? It's your turn. It's your turn. It's coming down because it's your turn. It's your turn. It's your turn. I don't know what you're believing for, but as the praise team comes, as the singers come, I want you just to take about 30 seconds right here before we go any further. And whatever is in your life that you've been waiting on God to do, I dare you to open up your mouth and just begin to cry out. If it's the salvation for a son or a daughter, if it's something in your body, if it's healing in your mind, come on right there where you are. I feel like God is sending some stuff down. He's sending some stuff down. He's sending some stuff down. But you've got to be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Come on, it's coming down. Open up up your mouth. Open up your mouth. It's coming down. It's coming down. I said, it's really coming down out there. If you had spiritual eyes, you would see that God's not waiting. God's not waiting. There is breakthrough out here. There's promotion out here. There is blessing out here. There's favor out here. God is bringing down some instrumental things in your life. You're about to see the favor of God in your life. Here it is. There is one responsibility to receive this prophetic word. And it's this. Whenever you see it start coming down, step in. By the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, 2024 is a year that's your turn. I'm going to be bold. 2024 is a year where it becomes the church's turn.
They thought they could shut everything else down the last three or four years. But God made up his mind. It's our turn. We are about to see more miracles, more signs, more wonders than we have ever seen. Because God is sending some stuff. More ministries, more anointing, more glory than we have ever seen. Why? Because it's our turn. And the devil is trying to get you to believe that it's somebody else's turn. Somebody else deserves it more. But the Lord sent this preacher in the room to tell you today, matter-of-factly and by the Holy Ghost under the unction, that it is indeed your turn. And the only thing holding you back today from receiving from God is whether you step in and believe or whether you step aside and withhold. The choice is up to you. But if you say, Pastor Josh, I know what God said. I know what God promised. I'm going to Step in. Slip up your hands to heaven all across this room. And if you know it's your turn, we open up our mouths for just a moment before we go any further. And we sing to the Lord. I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord. And he heard and he answered. I saw the Lord. And he heard and he answered. I saw the Lord. And he heard and he answered. identity of defeat in this last season of your life and the enemy has whispered nothing is going to change and so you have assigned defeat to certain areas of your life oh I've got victory over here Pastor Josh but I got this thing over here that I feel defeated it's your turn to see defeat be turned to triumph and victory in that place in your life. Because if you're not dead, God is not done. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to obey the Lord. Some of you have been in severe conflict and it feels like you're losing the battle. Today's for you. Some of you feel defeated in your life and in your ministry and in your calling and in your anointing. Today's for you. Because God said to tell you it's your turn. 
So if you have suffered defeat, pain, turmoil, and trauma, but something in your spirit is saying, this thing's about to turn because God is about to turn me. And when he changes me, the next, the, the, the next text said like this, and whatever you do from that point forward, you're going to succeed at it because God is with you. So here's the altar call today, and I feel this by the Spirit. You're in this room, and there has been some level of defeat in your life. And the enemy has said, it's over. It's done. But you know something in your spirit is saying, God, I know you're not finished with that area of my life. On the count of three, I want you to get out of your, get out of your seat and meet me at this altar. And I'm telling you, God is about to turn it for your good. One, hallelujah. Two, people are already coming. Come on, three, right now. Come, if I'm talking to you. If I'm talking to you. If I'm talking to you. Talking to you. I feel the anointing. Oh, yes. You know what? I, I even hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, regret. Some of you are living under the shadow of condemnation and regret. And it's hard for you to go back to Rachel's tomb because to go back to Rachel's tomb is to be confronted with the last time you failed. But God is about to turn this thing. I'm telling you, there are people in this room hurting today. And you had to hear a preacher say, it's your turn. I'm going to wait 20 more seconds because I feel like I'm waiting on somebody. These altars are already full. It ain't about filling the altars. It's about ministry. I'll wait on you. I'll give you 20 seconds. There's somebody in this room. You are debating. You are sitting there and the whisper of the enemy is trying to hold you in your seat. But I'm going to give you 10 more seconds. God is about to turn this thing for your good. I'm telling you, it's going to turn. Yeah, they're coming. Yes, 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 yes. Prayer team, I want you to get ready. We got a lot of folks that need some ministry today. Five, four, three, Two, one. I want everybody at this altar to look up here at me. I want you to hear me by the Holy Ghost. I'm not up here trying to be cute. I'm not up here trying to get your attention or rouse you. I know I heard from the Lord. Hear me. The Holy Ghost said, it's your turn. It has been delayed, but it has not been denied. It has been held back, but not forever. God said, get ready. It's your turn. Where there has been defeat, God is about to get some glory in your life. Because it's your turn. Prayer team, are you ready? I want everybody to stretch your hands this way. If you're at this altar, slip your hands up to heaven. I'm about to release this prayer team. We're about to sing. And God is about to send some things down in your direction. And they're going to be instrumental. God knows exactly what you need. He knows how much of it you need. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost all across this room for just a moment. Prayer team, I'm going to release you to pray. Lay your hands on as many people as you can. God's about to move. God's about to move. God's about to move. 
God's about to move. He's about to move. He's about to move. Come on, just a few more seconds. He's about to move. He's about to move. It's your turn. It's your turn. No matter, no matter how young or how old, I hear the Lord saying he's not waiting. He's not waiting. There are some things in your heart, but God said it's your turn. As I lay my hands, there's a release of power to do what you're called to do. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Are you ready, prayer team? On the count of three, all across this room, we're about to let what's coming down touch our lives. Come on, get in the way. One, hallelujah. Two, come on, three. Lay your hands on prayer team. Come on, worship. Let's sing. Let's sing. Let's sing. Come on, lay your hands. And if you're not in this altar, come on. Worship in this room.
up your hands. The Spirit of the Lord is here. I'm telling you, if you'll get in the way, if you'll get in the way, if you'll just get in the way, if you'll get in the way, I said, if you'll get in the way, if you'll get in the way, Come here, Donna. Come here, Donna. Move your hand. I was going to pray for you, and the Lord said, go up on stage and pray for her. I said, why? He said, I want her to see it like it is. There are some things coming down. There are some things that are about to touch your life, some connections that are going to be made that aren't from man. They're from heaven. And God is going to restore and redeem. But he's also going to put some things in your hand this season. Because your turn is too close. Father, in the name of Jesus, you are not forgotten. God is about to redeem time. He's about to redeem space and place. And in this season, he's going to connect you, and you're going up, but some things are coming down, and there's about to be a divine collision that as God touches you, you're going to see things come out of you you didn't even know you possessed. In the name of Jesus, I call it forth. This is a new season, and it's your turn. It's your turn. It's your turn. In the name of Jesus, it's your turn. I saw Slip up your hands to heaven. I fought so much warfare this week to preach this. And I don't say that for you to go, oh, Pastor Josh. But anytime there is war over the word, it's because God is about to perform it. I want you to hear me. I said, anytime there is war over the word, it's because God is about to perform his word. I want you to get ready because all this week, God's going to call you into places. And all you're going to have to do is just get in the way. In your private time, in your car, when you feel it coming down, just get in the way. Because the word of the Lord over your life, it's your turn. Come on, slip up your hands. I feel the anointing. Father, over his life. That's the breath of God. He's turning it now. He's turning it now. Father, in the name of Jesus, not another second, not another moment, but release his life. It's turning, 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 it's turning. God's not done. There's only a next, and you are coming into the next. 
And what's next is bigger and greater than what God has even allowed you to see. But here come the instruments. Here come the instruments. Because you're going to do it with ease. God can trust you. Father, I release that now into his life. For the next season, souls, lives, transformation at your fingertips. Now, Spirit of God, let the weight come on it. Lift up your hands. I want you to go home and on your calendar or in your phone. I want you to write on February 18th, God said, it's my turn. God is aching to use you. Aching to use you despite you. When God makes a difference, he does it with people. He can move sovereignly, and that's cool. But let me tell you his favorite method is to sit down in a life and use it for his glory. It's your turn because God's not done. I sense revival about to come across this land again. I can feel the gentle breeze of the Spirit blowing. A year ago, we stood in this sanctuary as it was breaking out across college campuses. But the Lord said, it's your turn. It's your turn. Slip up your hands, I'm going to pray. Father, in this atmosphere, we can sense your presence. Father, Lord, you have declared and we have understood. But now even our most defeated places are turning into places of victory and testimony because you have deemed it to be our turn. And now, God, as we go, we will be able to do as the occasion demands because we know you are with us. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit. I pray, saturate us in the oil. Drench us again in the oil. God, we want you. We need you. We've got to have you. And if you're going to say it's our turn, God, I don't want to go anywhere. You're not with me. Lead us and guide us, Spirit of God. And Father, we will give you praise in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. Listen, I'm not going to shut this down formally. If you need, if you need to go, that's okay. And if you still need prayer, you stick around and our prayer team will pray with you until you leave. Did you get anything out of this word today? It's your turn. It's your turn. I want you to hug 10 people on your way out. Love on them. If you need prayer, stay right here. We'll go pray with you. And I'm going to get to get Central as, as fast as I can. I love you. God bless you. And did you leave today? Remember, it's your turn. We love you Thanks so much. Thanks for watching the message. I'm sure this spoke to you. Here's what I want you to do. Why don't you subscribe to this YouTube channel? That way, every time there's a new message, you'll get to hear it. Also, many of you have watched this. Some of you watch on a regular basis. Why not take time? And so, you can give at calvaryfl.com, you can give on your phones, and you can be a part of helping us take this message around the world, the message of hope, the message of Jesus Christ. Can't wait to see you back here real soon.